Today's episode is presented by Missin. Virtually every chef agrees that a sharp, well-balanced chef's knife is the essential workhorse for any kitchen. A great knife should feel good in your hand, stay sharp, and hold up over time to the rigors of your kitchen. Simple, right? But behind these deceptively simple concepts are centuries of tradition, technology, design, and craft. Missin spent four years developing the perfect knife because every little detail matters. Missin went through 37 different prototypes until they knew they had the perfect knife. The final result? A knife that's a pleasure to hold, sharp enough to plow through even the toughest foods, and a blade that stays sharper longer. The best part is by partnering closely with their factories and selling directly online, Missin is able to offer incredible cookware at wholesale prices. Go to the link in our show and get your Missin knife today. Missin, the perfect knife at an unreal price. Welcome back to Psych Your Crime, and I'm your host, Nicole Mann. And as always, I just want to thank you for listening. I tell you guys this every time, but I never ever thought that I would be doing this for this long. I really just thought it would be a handful of friends and family listening, and that's it. Um, Every time that I go and I look at my statistics, I'm absolutely amazed at the, not just the amount of people that listen, but the new countries that are listening. Um, now I see people are listening in Turkey. Um, I just am always blown away at my, the ability for this podcast to reach people in new parts of the world. So thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. As you guys know, we have, I have a Patreon now, um, and we started a YouTube channel in the YouTube channel. I cover more dumber, um, crimes. Um, we were, I was originally doing that, um, in lives, but I thought, you know, let's do this on a YouTube channel over on the YouTube channel. Um, in the next month or so, I'm going to do a type of bracket style tournament. Um, I know obviously in the U S you guys have heard of Florida man. Um, and other countries you may not know so much. Florida man is just, um, when new stories about dumb crimes happen, Usually, rather than naming the person, they will say, a Florida man got caught, and then they'll describe the dumb crime. And so I wanted to do a bracket-style tournament to see if any of the other states in the United States would have crimes dumber than Florida's. So in the next month or so, over on the Dumber Than a Sack of Hair channel on YouTube, we're going to have a bracket-style tournament. 
in order to see if anyone can knock Florida Man off of the top of the dumb crime pyramid or dumb crime throne, so to speak. So uh, go over there, check out um, the Dumber Than the Sack of Hair channel on YouTube. There'll be a link um, in the information. Uh, also link to the Patreon. We also have merchandise. Um, there's gonna be ugly Christmas sweaters. We're gonna have some Halloween stuff. Um, I Like I said, I never ever thought I'd be able to do this, let alone move in to have some YouTube videos or even have merchandise. And a couple of you have purchased a few things. I didn't think I'd be able to sell one thing, let alone a handful. So thank you, I really, really appreciate it. And um, so without further ado, let's get into today's story. Today is uh, Jean of God or Zhao of God, depending on which country you're in. Um, he was a medium who practiced psychic surgery. Now psychic surgery is a pseudoscience um, it's a type of what people call medical fraud in which practitioners create the illusion of performing surgery with their bare hands and they use sleight of hand, fake blood, and animal parts to convince the patient that their disease lesions have been removed and their incisions have spontaneously healed. Now, in the United States, the Federal Trade Commission described psychic surgery as a total hoax. Psychic surgery may cause needless death by keeping the ill away from life-saving medical care. Medical professionals and skeptics classify it as sleight of hand without any positive results, and they feel that it has nothing more than a placebo effect. Psychic surgery first appeared in the spiritualist communities of the Philippines and Brazil in the mid 20th century. It has taken different paths in both of those countries. Although psychic surgery varies by region and practitioner, it usually follows some common lines. Without the use of surgical instruments, a practitioner will press the tips of his or her fingers against the patient's skin in the area that needs to be treated. The practitioner's hands appear to penetrate into the patient's body painlessly and blood seems to flow. The practitioner will then show organic matter or foreign objects that have apparently been removed from the patient's body clean the area, and then end the procedure with the patient's skin showing no wounds or scars. Most cases do not involve actual surgery, although some practitioners make real incisions. In regions of the world where belief in evil spirits is prevalent, practitioners will sometimes exhibit objects, such as glass, saying that the foreign bodies were placed in the patient's body by evil spirits. The 16th century explorer Alvar Nunez Cabaza de Vaca excuse me, records an account related to him by Native Americans of a bearded figure known as Malacasa, or the evil thing, who would take hold of a person, cut into their abdomen with a flint knife, and remove a portion of their entrails, which he would then burn in a fire. When he was done, the incision would close spontaneously. In the Philippines, the procedure first was noticed in the 1940s, when performed routinely by Elberto Tuerte. Tuerte and his pupil Tony Acapayo, who was apparently associated with the Union Espiritaza Cristiana de Filipinas, or the Christian Spiritualists Union of the Philippines, trained others in these procedures. In 1959, the procedure came to the attention of the U.S. public after the publication of Into the Strange Unknown 
by Ron Ormond in Ormond McGill. The authors called the practice fourth dimensional surgery and wrote, we still don't know what to think, but we have motion pictures to show it isn't the work of any normal magician and could very well just be what the Filipinos said it was, a miracle of God performed by a fourth dimensional surgeon. In 1973, a group of medical doctors, scientists, and parapsychologists visited the Philippine Islands to study a phenomenon that was causing increased furor among health professionals, Filipino psychic surgeons, also known as spiritual magnet healers. Alex Orbito, who became well-known in the United States through his association with actress Shirley MacLaine, was a practitioner of this procedure. On June 14, 2005, Orbito was arrested by Canadian authorities and indicted for fraud. On January 20, 2006, the charges were dropped as it, was see as it then seemed unlikely that he could be convicted. Psychic surgery made U.S. tabloid headlines in March of 1984 when Andy Kaufman, someone who had once been on Saturday Night Live, was diagnosed with large cell carcinoma, a very rare kind of lung cancer. He traveled to the Philippines for a six-week course of psychic surgery. Practitioner John Labo claimed to have removed large cancerous tumors, and Kaufman declared he believed his cancer had been removed. But Kaufman died from renal failure as a consequence of a metastatic lung cancer on May 16, 1984. The origins of the practice in Brazil are obscure. But by the late 1950s, spiritual healers were practicing within the country. Many of them were associated with spiritualism, a major spiritualistic movement in Brazil, and claimed to be performing their operations merely as channels for the spirits of deceased medical doctors. A known Brazilian psychic healer who routinely practiced psychic surgery, Zé Arguil, who claimed to be channeling for a deceased medical doctor by the name of Dr. Fritz, Unlike most other psychic healers who worked barehanded, Argio actually used a non-surgical blade. Other psychic healers who claimed to channel for Dr. Fritz were Edison Kierso, Rubens Fieras Jr. Popular today and especially abroad is João de Ferreira or John of God who we're going to talk about today. According to the descriptions of Yosaki Omara, a Brazilian psychic surgery appears to be different from the practice in the Philippines. Amada calls attention to the fact that practitioners in Brazil use techniques assembling shiatsu massage and chiropractic manipulation. Some patients are also injected with brown liquid and alleged minor surgery is performed in about 20% of the cases that he observed. While Arigo, performed his procedures using kitchen knives on improvised settings, Amaro reports that the clamping of blood vessels and the closing of surgical wounds are now performed by licensed surgeons or licensed nurses. In the 1970s, a specific form of surgery known as psychic dentistry emerged in the United States. Willard Fuller was the most well-known proponent. It was alleged that Fuller would cause dental fillings to appear spontaneously changing silver into gold and would straighten crooked teeth or produce new ones. That would be great. I need some new teeth. 
<laughs> However, magicians and skeptics have found these claims to be unsupported by solid evidence. One dentist examined some patients of Fuller. In one case, miraculous gold fillings turned out to be tobacco stains. In another case, a female patient who reported a miraculous new silver filling admitted she had forgotten that the filling was already there. In 1975, the American Federal Trade Commission declared that psychic surgery is nothing but a hoax, like I stated before. Judge Daniel H. Hanscom, then granting the FTC an injunction against travel agencies who were promoting psychic surgery tours, declared, psychic surgery is pure and unmitigated fakery. The surgical operations of psychic surgeons with their bare hands are just simply phony. In 1975, they went further and stated, it has been found that psychic surgery is phony. The body is not opened. No actual surgery is performed with bare hands or anything else. Nothing is ever removed from the body. The entire operation is an egregious fraud perpetrated by sleight of hand and similar tricks and devices. In 1990, the American Cancer Society stated that it found no evidence that psychic surgery results in objective benefit in the treatment of any medical condition and strongly urged individuals who are sick not to seek treatment via psychic surgery. The British Columbia Cancer Society strongly urges individuals who are ill not to seek treatment by psychic surgeons. While not directly hazardous to the patient, the belief in all the alleged benefits of psychic surgery may carry considerable risk for individuals with diagnosed medical conditions, as they may delay or forego inevitable help, sometimes with fatal consequences. Zhao Texera de Ferreira, who was born June 24, 1942, also known as Zhao de Jesus, or John of God, is a Brazilian medium or psychic surgeon. Ferreira was born in Cachira de Fumaca, now known as Cachira de Gos. Ferreira has no medical training and describes himself as a simple farmer. He completed two years of education and then spent a number of years traveling from village to village in the states of Gauss and Minas Gerais as a sort of traveling medicine man. Now, I found this great uh, sort of mini biography on the original website for the healing center he created, and I absolutely had to read it. Jao Texera de Ferreira was born on June 24, 1942, in a small village in central Brazil. His father was a tailor, and despite his efforts working as a tailor, Zhao and his family were often faced with hunger and poverty. As a child, he displayed clairvoyant abilities. Because of his innate rebellion, Zhao's formal education was cut short after only two years. At 16, he traveled to Campo Grande to begin a job as a tailor. For unknown reasons, the job was terminated its first day. Nice way to say he sucked so hard he got fired. But anyway, <laughs> with the reality of hunger and poverty staring Zhao in the face, he was filled with despair. He went swimming in a nearby creek to refresh himself and wash away his anxieties. Then, suddenly he heard a voice call his name. 
He was amazed to see a beautiful fair-haired woman next to a tree. He sat near her, and they spoke for a long time. Later that night, Zhao realized she was St. Rita of Cassia. With many questions still unanswered, he returned to the same spot the next morning, hoping to speak to her. A beam of light sparkled in the place where she had once stood, and her voice then emerged from that light. She instructed him to go to a spiritist center in town, where the people there were expecting him. Not understanding the meaning of this, he nonetheless did what he was told. When he arrived at the church, members were indeed inspecting him. When Zhao lost consciousness, when he woke up several hours later, he apologized for passing out and explained that it was due to hunger. To Zhao's surprise, a senior member told him he had not passed out, but he had incorporated the spirit of King Solomon. He went on to say that in just three hours that he couldn't remember, Zhao had healed many people and performed amazing surgeries. Zhao naturally thought this was a mistake, but after he was served a meal and had more discussion, Zhao began to reflect on the possibility that this could be true. So began the spiritual career of Zhao de Desus, or Jean of God, whose channeled healings have benefited hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world. Zhao's reputation was now established as one of the most extraordinary heroes of our time. I'm sorry, that is the most <laughs> ridiculous biography I've ever seen in my life. I just had to read that for you. Today's episode is presented by Missin. Virtually every chef agrees that a sharp, well-balanced chef's knife is the essential workhorse for any kitchen. A great knife should feel good in your hand, stay sharp, and hold up over time to the rigors of your kitchen. Simple, right? But behind these deceptively simple concepts are centuries of tradition, technology, design, and craft. Missin spent four years developing the perfect knife because every little detail matters. Missin went through 37 different prototypes until they knew they had the perfect knife. The final result? A knife that's a pleasure to hold, sharp enough to plow through even the toughest foods, and a blade that stays sharper longer. The best part is by partnering closely with their factories and selling directly online, Missin is able to offer incredible cookware at wholesale prices. Go to the link in our show and get your Missin knife today. Missin, the perfect knife at an unreal price. Ferreira says he was told by his spirit guides that he must expand his work to reach more people and spiritist medium Chico Xavier told him he should go to the small Gauss town of Abadina to fulfill his healing mission. Around 1978, when Zhao first performed healings there, he just sat outdoors in a chair near the main road where people began to arrive, seeking cures for their illnesses and conditions. Gradually, the numbers increased to thousands per day, and he developed his center, Casa de Domencio de Loyola. The Casa de Domencio de Loyola has since been visited by millions of people seeking healing. He also owns a nearby cattle ranch, which covers about a thousand acres and is valued to be over two million rias. 
Much of his income, however, comes from selling passionflower preparations, the single herb prescribed by Farah to cure a variety of ailments. The company, which bears his initials, JTF Limited, markets the drug and is registered in the name of his wife, Ana Kela Texira, and his driver and employee, Abadio de Cruz. Ferreira regularly prescribes meditation and walks to a nearby waterfall as part of treatment. The casa also sells herbs, blessed items, and artifacts such as magic triangles. It is, estim it is estimated by 60 Minutes Australia that in 2014, these sales earned him over $10 million in that year. Now, the blessed water is actually not anything new. Those of you who are familiar with Peter Popoff Ministries in the United States, he has these commercials where he's like, call now and I'll send you a sample of the blessed water. And then somebody will come on the screen and they'll be like, oh, I got my sample of the blessed water and I had a tax bill and it went away. Or they'll be like, I was facing homelessness and then I got my blessed water and I was no longer going to be evicted. So the blessed water thing, that is not new. Um, there's a episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent that was based on a, a Santeria in New York who did a blessed water scam and it turned out that the blessed water just was filled with lithium. So of course you felt amazing and it seemed like everything in your life was coming together if you're suddenly being dosed with lithium. So the whole blessed water scam is definitely not new. When called for spiritual surgery by Ferreira, patients were offered the choice of visible or invisible operations. If they select an invisible operation or are younger than 18 or older are 52, they are directed to sit in a room and meditate. Ferreira says that spiritual physicians can perform surgery on the actual patient via a surrogate when the actual patient is unable to make the trip. A very small percentage of people choose visible operation, where Ferreira operates without anesthetic. Instead, he uses energized mineral water and the spiritual energies present, the latter of which are provided by groups of volunteers who meditate in separate rooms called current room. These practices, such as inserting scissors or forceps deep into a nose and scraping an eye without anesthetic or antiseptics, have been scrutinized by medical authorities and skeptical investigators, such as James Randi, who has called for Ferreira to stop victimizing people with stunts and trickery. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the practice, um, inserting sharp objects into someone's eye socket and bypassing their eye, going straight into their skull, is a lobotomy. Just saying. Ferreira tells people not to stop taking their medicine and says not everyone he serves will be cured. Often the treatment includes capsules containing pure passionflower that he says carries special blessed spiritual energy to support the individual's healing process. Ferreira has undergone trials and scrutiny of his work. He's been arrested several times for practicing medicine without a license and has even been jailed. Ferreira has traveled to other countries to perform healing ceremonies called live events. Gail Thackeray, a casa medium, said in her book Spiritual Journeys that the main entities that incorporate in Brazil are the same ones at live events.
along with thousands of other entities doing healing work. Because of medical laws around the world, blessed water is prescribed instead of herbs. It's available for about $3 a bottle. Everyone who receives a spiritual intervention must drink the blessed water. <laughs> On the 14th of July, 2005, ABC, or the American Broadcasting Company, ran a news report about Ferreira on Primetime Live, which is an American news program that obviously is in primetime or nighttime. The program featured five people with various medical conditions, including chronic fatigue syndrome, Lou Gehrig's disease, and an inoperable brain tumor. Each patient saw Ferreira, and ABC claimed that in three of the cases there had been an improvement. A young female athlete who had been paraplegic was shown beginning to move her legs. Then they ran an update on the five subjects, while not mentioning the subject Mary Hendrickson, indicated that one subject was making either slow progress or none at all, two were worse, and one showed improvement. Subject David Ames died from complications on the 16th of July, 2008. Despite undergoing Farah's psychic surgery and being declared cured, Lisa Melman's breast cancer got progressively worse. She stated the tumor had grown and become painful. She continued to suffer. Skeptic James Randi spent about an hour in New York being interviewed and taped for the report. Randy later criticized ABC for having cherry-picked his comments to show more credibility for Farah than was justified. Randy gave scientific explanations for all the activities observed. Randy revealed that the natural explanations for the activities ranging from putting forceps in the nose, random cutting of the flesh, scraping of the eyeball, and subsequent absence of infection was one one trick that was just an old parlor trick. However, he was dismayed that none of his critical comments were shown in the final segment. It was cut down to under 20 segments of 20 seconds of screen time. Now, on November 17th in 2010, Susan Casey wrote for Oprah's O Magazine about her trip to see Farah in Brazil, and it got covered on Oprah's show. The article was entitled Leap of Faith to Meet John of God. The show was called Do You Believe in Miracles? In both, she discussed her need to deal with the traumatic loss of her father. After he suddenly passed away in 2008, Casey experienced a tsunami of guilt and grief that she says she couldn't escape from. She wondered if Farah could help her deal. She met him twice and later stated, three hours went by like 20 minutes and it was blissful. It was like I was floating. Casey claimed she was able to speak with her father. It was very real. She says, more of a vision than I had ever felt before. I got this feeling like I should be sad, but at the same time, everything was okay. While Casey stated that the whole experience sounds unreal, she said that she's not a woo-woo person and that Farah helped her find healing. Casey stated that she was a neutral observer. Jeff Ridger, a psychiatrist from Harvard Medical School in Boston, was provided as a skeptic. Ridger was astonished to discover bleeding from his torso after an invisible surgery. The show did not provide scientific or medical explanations for any of the procedures performed. In-depth critical investigative reports followed the broadcast. Now, Lisa Melman, the woman that we mentioned before from ABC's coverage, she um, actually, in her spiritual surgery, that was one of the ones where they put forceps 
up her nose um, in order to cure her cancer. She truly believed that her transfer was, cancer was gone. She said she felt completely better. However, shortly, two years after Oprah's, um, after Oprah's show came out, she died of cancer in 2012. And because of her death and because of the media attention and because she had been on these shows, they modified their protocols and image by issuing press releases stating they are not to be held responsible and cannot guarantee any physical healing and that all visitors must see actual medical specialists for medical problems. So it's really funny how they've been doing this for decades and then it's not until someone who had gone on television and claimed to be cured, claimed that everything was fine, died, and they're like, oopsie, see, uh, you can't hold us responsible, we don't provide medical procedures, it's not our fault. On March 17th, Oprah did a next chapter in which she actually traveled to Brazil and meet with um, Ferreira, this is in 2013. She also interviewed a man named Magnus Kempe from Sweden about his surgery and five Americans who hoped to be cured. Ferreira's first visit to Australia, where he was holding a live event, was scheduled from the 22nd to the 24th of November in 2014 at the Sydney Showground in the Sydney Olympic Park, and it garnered a lot of immediate attention. After visiting Ferreira at the Casa in Brazil, Australian 60 Minutes aired a critical investigative report on him, examining Ferreira's healing treatment practices, the amount of money being made, and raising questions about possible sexual assault allegations. The two-part program, hosted by reporter Michael Usher, was a follow-up to Liz Hayes' 1998 investigation of him. In part one of this follow-up, Usher revealed that a woman declared as a cure, as cured of breast cancer had died in 2003. That a woman in a wheelchair with multiple sclerosis, who in 1998 reported she had visited Ferreira with the expectation of walking again, didn't feel any change and is still in her wheelchair and suffered a deterioration of her condition. Her trip cost her $5,000. Usher reported that none of the people None of the other people, over 40 Australians who had made that pilgrimage, joined for the investigation and had improved. So Usher's report said that some of the thousands in Farah's audience hoped to receive spiritual surgery. In an extended interview, emergency medicine specialist Dr. David Rosengren personally examined and reported these practices as horrendous and barbaric saying the modern medical world could not condone this behavior in any way whatsoever. The possibility of Farah coming to Australia also concerned the Australian Medical Association. In part two of his report, Usher stated that there were two deaths in recent years at the CASA and warranted investigations, but no one was ever charged. He also reported that in 2010, when Ferreira visited Sedona, Arizona, the police department investigated him because a woman said he took her hands and placed them on his genitals. The case never went to court, and one of his associates encouraged the woman to drop the charges. The Catholic Church 
through its representative, a Reverend Brian Lucas, issued a televised verbal warning stating Jean of God does not have any official affiliation with the Catholic Church. He cautioned all to be skeptical of people seeking publicity with claims of miracles and faith, and more so when a lot of money is involved. Twelve women initially alleged that Ferreira abused them in 2018. The case was reported in media outlets in Brazil and around the world. The number of claims led to the prosecution office of the state of Gaulas creating an email address in Fungmine to receive all allegations towards the medium. In just 30 hours, more than 200 complaints were received from nine different states, including two claims from outside of Brazil. Claims were reported by the prosecution's office as having potential to be the biggest sex scandal in the history of Brazil, overwhelming another scandal, that of Roger and Bogdelmis. Claims of alleged abusive victims as young as 14, as well as a woman that revealed having been abused for three straight days. On the 11th of December, four days after the Conversa Cambia show, the number of sexual abuse complaints against the medium had reached 206 in multiple Brazilian states, leading to Ferreira limiting his appointments at the Casa and being questioned by reporters constantly. The medium only ever said, I'm innocent, and walked away amid protection of his people. On the 12th of December in 2018, the public prosecutor of Brazil um, in the state of Gaúas called for the arrest of Ferreira after these allegations of sexual abuse kept mounting. On the 16th of December, Ferreira surrendered himself to the police in the city of Abadania in the state of Gaúas. The number of sexual abuse allegations at that point had reached 600. And as of May 2019, um, he had been transferred to a hospital. So, um, because he, the number, he had been transferred to a hospital, uh, he had reported having stomach cancer. So, on the 19th of December, uh, he was sentenced to 19 years and four months for the rapes of four women. He is actually facing additional charges related to 10 sex crimes, but this is an ongoing investigation. There's still more going on. And other things that they're investigating is the fact that Brazilian activist Sabrina Bittencourt, whose investigations led to Texera's initial arrest, now claims that the celebrity medium ran a baby trafficking, trafficking operation where children were farmed in Brazil before being sold to childless couples around the world. Shockingly, she claims that young girls were held captive in remote farms where they were forced to produce babies before being murdered after 10 years of giving birth. In a video, Betancourt, whose organization Kwama helps women report sexual assault by religious leaders, said that she has spoken to women from at least three continents, including Europe, who claim they bought Brazilian babies from Jao of God for as much as 40,000 pounds. She claimed that she has collected testimony from former members of Texera's gang, which described how the scheme worked after they became tired of being complicit in his crimes. 
Betancourt, who now lives outside of Brazil under the protection of international organizations after receiving death threats for her work, claimed Texera would offer money to poor girls between the ages of 14 to 18 to go live in mineral mines or farms he owns in Brazilian states of Gauss and Minas Gerais. There they would become sex slaves and be forced to get pregnant and give birth to babies. She claims in exchange for food, they were impregnated and their babies were sold on the black market. Hundreds of girls were enslaved over the years um, during the time they lived on the farms in Gawas. They just served as wombs to get pregnant and for their babies to be sold. After 10 years, these girls were murdered. We have got a large number of testimonies. She also added that they received reports from adoptive mothers of children that were sold between 15,000 and 40,000 pounds in Europe, the United States, and Australia, as well as testimony from ex-workers and local people who just could no longer be complicit. So it's heinous, it's large scale, it's ongoing. They're still trying to uncover the depth of the depravity and the awful things he did. He molested a lot of people in the name of faith healing. It's just egregious. He performed all of these unnecessary surgeries, things that seemed to appear as though it was just basically, um, like I said, one looks like it could have been a lobotomy. It's just very, very heinous. Um, so that is the story of John of God. Um, join me. Next week, when we look into a nurse whose penchant for death and murder went unnoticed for 16 years among multiple different hospitals. But in the meantime, I hope you sleep better knowing the how and why people do such awful things. <laughs>